happened i still have not painted my basement walls the summer is hot as ever my pool has a leak but we are back and the chalk talk podcast is back on the air for season two joined as always by resident packers fan still resident packers fan michael burke college football aficionado michael burke blackjack enthusiast michael burke and of course i'm your host ken doolittle all of the above except resident packers fan what's going on How's the summer? It's it's been a hot one. I've been I've been busy playing a lot of golf, uh, working out, working hard. But we are almost. I hope we're almost through the dog days. Football's right around the corner. Training camps are getting started across the country for the NFL. Feels good, doesn't you it? Can, you can smell the fall in the air. We are ready to rock and roll, and that's why we wanted to get a jump start on this season in July to get you guys ready to go on a couple of bets, a couple of ideas, a couple of predictions that me and you have been discussing on the side that we want to hopefully give to you guys today so we can profit and make some money come January, February, 2023. Yeah, let's do it. This was a great time for us to pick back up, give you a little inside scoop. We got, we got tons to talk about today. We're going to talk about a recap of the NBA season. We're going to talk about upcoming NFL and college football seasons. We're going to talk a little blackjack as always, because we just hit a successful trip to Mohegan uh, Sun Casino this weekend. But first, I thought we'd start with a cool little segment called Summer Awards. So we've been gone a while. A lot has happened. This is like a real dead time for sports. Uh, you know, baseball is going on, but that's kind of even the, the dog days of that. So we're going to start with some summer awards, kind of combining a little sports and pop culture uh, to get everybody back in the chalk talks feel here for season two. So we're going to start with our first award best moment of the summer uh we both went the same route here so this could have been like literally anything that occurred this summer it could have been a sporting event it could have been a television show it could have been anything that the general public would be aware of my moment of the summer is one word on the agenda vecna Vecna was the moment of the summer for me. Everything about Vecna, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it's from Stranger Things, uh, kind of consumed us. Me, I'm talking me and my wife and you even for like yeah. two months of this summer. It was fantastic. It was specifically it, for, for me, it was mostly about two and a half weeks where I just, I blitzed well, you started the show because I hadn't seen started it. it. I, yeah. I hadn't seen it before. And it really, it literally for about two straight weeks, I was up till one, two, three in the morning trying to catch up to get uh before volume two came out for season four just so i yeah, could man. get on pace with everybody and i'm glad i did that was commitment for you you stayed up you were texting me pretty late a lot of nights so you were fishing <laughs> so my specific moment of the summer is something that i want framed in my house i want halloween decorations of this when uh max goes up in the air and everybody is laying on the ground looking at her and the tombstones in the background that is by far my moment of the summer one of the best episodes of television i've ever watched I'm going to get into my top five television episodes because this kind of spurred me. So we're going to give our top five episodes of like all time uh, right after this, but you want a similar route for your moment of the summer. What do you, what do you got? Um, I'm also following the same, uh, the same route with stranger things here, but uh, a character that we got introduced in season four, Eddie Munson um, wasn't really too sure when they first introduced him in episode one, uh, 
just just a little strange, a little off the cuff, but he became a fan favorite relatively quickly. And obviously his closing act, so to speak, um, his monstrous master of puppets guitar solo to lure Epic. Vecna out of the mind layer. Um, so the guy, so the rest of the team can sneak in um, and uh, hopefully take him down. Um, that guitar solo will go down in history as one of the best TV moments of all time, in my personal opinion. And I, I really it. enjoyed it. I love it. Yeah. So some great episodes of TV. Both of our moments of the summer are probably within what, like three hours of television of each other from start to finish. So like what a great stretch of episodes, which got me thinking of my top five episodes of television of all time. This spans a couple genres. I did think hard about this list, so there may be something I forgot. And of course, this is a personal list. So like I've never watched shows like Game of Thrones or something. I'm sure there's some great episodes of TV in there. Um, in no particular order, the, that one I just talked about from Stranger Things, where Max goes up in the air, uh, is one of them. Uh, the episode Ozymandias from Breaking Bad. You are a Breaking Bad guy, right? I am, but so, I've, actually, I've actually never finished the series. Oh my goodness. You're kidding me. I've gotten That's through season. You got to go back to watch that. I've gotten through seasons one and two. And then once I got to season three, I don't know what happened, but just probably Man. some, I don't well, know. Season five is fantastic. I've, I've actually so. never seen it, but I've heard good things from you right. about the well, whole series. So maybe next on my list. I won't spoil it. So the, it's the third episode from the end. Uh, absolutely fantastic hour of television. Um, the episode of the office called dinner party. I'm sure we're all familiar with that one. That is comedy gold from start to finish. There's not a dull moment of television throughout that whole episode because they wrote it right after a writer's strike. So they had literally just mountains of material and it was all jam-packed, a brilliant episode of comedy. Um, the finale to Dexter season five, you a Dexter guy? I have seen Dexter through season six. Um, right. so I, season personally five. Like, I personally like season four the best. Um, out of all yeah. of them, I think that's that's a uh, what, probably my favorite. But uh, season five also has some great moments. Yeah, that's a good one. And then fifth on my list is um, the episode of Squid Game, the cult classic from last year. I don't know if did you watch Squid Game? I have not seen it. I would highly recommend Squid Game. The episode where they're playing marbles is like it, it like throws you. It threw me off my routine for like a couple of days. It's like really really heavy. So that was a good episode. So those are my top five TV episodes of all time. Um, there's some other ones, some honorable mentions, uh, one where Rick and Morty, where they die and come to replace themselves from a different universe is like real effed up. Breaking Bad finale is another good one. Um, and of course the episode of Parks and Rec, I forget the name of it when they are walking out on the ice skating rink and, uh, they don't have enough carpet. So they're all slipping and falling all over the place. Great episodes of television. Um, you know, leave it in the comments if you have anything else, but that's our moment of the summer, both from stranger things. Let's, uh, oh, Burke has another honorable mention. I'm sorry. I do have an honorable mention. And this is actually not related to a TV show or a fictional TV show. Or it's for a, a moment of the summer. It is from the 4th of July weekend. Um, every year they do the Nathan's hot dog eating contest at Coney Island. And uh, Joey Chestnut for the last 14, 15 years has been a unstoppable force and just unbeatable. About as good as you can get at your craft arguably the best to ever do it up there with Dr. Dre and a couple other people, maybe Michael Jordan, maybe LeBron James. I don't know. But uh, this year was a little bit different where uh, mid, mid hot dog eating, 
So mid round, probably late in the round, um, there was a random protester that rushed the stage and uh, not really sure what he was protesting. I can't really remember, but the, the images wow. that everybody does remember is Joey Chestnut swallowing two hot dogs, trying to close the, close out the round, puts this guy in a chokehold, basically throws him onto the ground and then security just takes him away. So this guy defending America's honor while just munching down on hot dogs, defending his crown, I think is one of those epic moments in American history that will last forever. Yeah, that was pretty wild. I, I caught it. Um, and you don't know really what's going on at the time. I have a controversial, controversial take about Joey Chestnut. He has ruined the hot dog eating contest because not only is it a guarantee that he wins, I don't think anybody actually wants to compete in the hot dog contest anymore because they know they're not going to win. We're missing out on all this talent that could be coming up from all these prime hot dog eaters. They just go somewhere else. They go to another eating contest. Well, Joey they just, they, they, well, unfortunately people understand the level that they have to get to, to win something. And over the last 15 years, nobody has been able to get nobody. to Joey Chestnut's level. So I'm actually Kobe on Ashi the other beat him once. Kobayashi has become a no-name since Joey Chestnut. He beat him once, though. Soon. He did beat him. Yeah, and then he got into all these issues, and uh, nobody's seen or heard from him for a very long time. I'm not sure uh, what the issue is there. Um, don't want to. There's a wanna... there's a funny. I, we're spending way too much time in the hot dog eating contest, but there's a funny chart that I saw that shows the average, like the number of hot dogs per minute from like 1990 or whenever this started, all the way through now, and the first like 11 years it's very low. It's like 30, 35, 36. And then one year, whatever Kobayashi started like a one or something, it goes from like 30 to like a hundred or something like insane. It's like, it went from like because he specifically changed how people eat hot dogs. He was dipping them in the water, going two hands at once. I don't think anything other than the, the three point line and the forward pass has been as influential as that Kobayashi hot dog eating technique. And I'll now, have to find the chart. I'll now share Joe, it Joey Chestnut is basically taking it to an unbreakable rec- level. And you, you, you start yeah. to talk about unbreakable records in sports like Joe DiMaggio's 56 game. DiMaggio, Chestnut. Uh, how many hot dogs could you eat in 10 minutes? In 10 minutes? Depending That's on how, how much hungry I am. I could probably, <laughs> in 10 minutes, if I'm trying, 10, maybe one a minute. You think only 10? I think I could get a solid 15 or 16 maybe. I think it's harder than we all think it is. Chestnut oh, sure. makes it looks very easy. I think of after like five or six, you're probably going to hit this massive wall. And obviously yeah. if you throw up, you're, you're just disqualified. You're yeah. So um, see, I think you gotta, I think they got to kill the water. I think the water <coughs> dipping should be illegal. Cause where do you draw the line? Like, can, can the guy just like mush him up in his hands with like a, you know, a, a pestle and like make him like a smoothie. Like, I think it's too much. I think you got to eat them all dry. No water. I think that makes the contest all a little harder. I, don't I know. would I would Thanks. say so, but it's cool to see somebody we'll see eat next 75 July hot dogs in 10 minutes. I will not be competing in that contest anytime soon. Yeah, neither ever. will I. All right, so let's move on to our second award. This is this one's called Best Summer Character. So much like a TV show has their favorite character, we both picked our favorite character from the sports world uh, for summer. You want to take the, the lead on this one with your character? Because I like your pick. Yeah, so mine's kind of a little off the cuff a little bit um, from the world of tennis, Nick Kyrgios. And if people don't know who he is, he's not hes not like the Federer, Djokovic, uh, uh, Nadal aspect of things. But uh, this guy has kind of 
got his own creative way of uh, playing tennis. He's very flashy. Uh, he's very, uh, he's like, he, he, he yells at his, uh, his coach's yeah. box when something doesn't go right. Um, and this year he got to the Wimbledon final um, credit sure that Nadal probably would have beat him um, if he had been healthy and didn't have to withdraw from the semifinal because Nadal was playing some great tennis too. And honestly, Kyrgios uh, getting to the final, he did win the first set against Djokovic um, in that final. Um, he's look, he, he plays drop shots. He, he does those underhand uh, uh, serves. He, he goes between the legs. He's not afraid to like challenge things and make mistakes, but to see somebody like that, just like in a championship setting, just flat out screaming at uh, his coach's box yeah. and then getting caught on camera, uh, yelling at the umpire to like kick the one lady who was in the stands out who looked like she had about a million beers um, was one of the funniest uh, clips I've heard in a very long time in such a, in a, a big championship setting. And when you think of Wimbledon, and this yeah. guy's kind of just breaking the realms and I hope he gets back to another major championship. I think the U S open would be a perfect place for him just because it's a little more rowdy. I'm um, a little more intense. And I <laughs> yeah. think the crowd could definitely feed off him just like he could feed off them and uh, bring him to that title. Um, and especially with, uh, with Djokovic, I can't believe I'm talking this much about tennis, but with Djokovic is uh, COVID-19, uh, vaccination status in question he might not be able to play if Nadal's not around because he's still hurt and recovering that field is wide open and Kyrgios can make a run at the title I mean I don't want to put words in either of our mouths but he may be the one bet to take for the U.S. Open if we're looking to yeah I mean I haven't stats. I haven't looked at the odds yet I'll have to check it out but he's an interesting play because he's a really good talent he reminds me in, in a skill to um, effort level of uh, Gael Monfils. I don't know if you ever watched him a couple of years back, I, but he was a fantastic tennis player, just limited effort. He would lose one game and it would just spiral into like the next 10. He'd be, you know, hitting shots left-handed and stuff. Um, but yeah, Kyrgios at the U S open is an interesting one. Cause you see that stuff all the time at the open. Um, you know, he's a little tennis needs a little villain, right? So I, I think he's a, uh, I think he's all right to play that role. Uh, so I like your pick definitely a character of the summer. Can't believe he almost won Wimbledon. He'll probably be around for a little bit. Uh, I went a different direction with my character of the summer. I went to a sports personality, not necessarily a sports athlete. My character of the summer, Brian Windhorse. For those of you that aren't familiar with what Brian Windhorse did, this, so do you know where I'm going with this? Or am I going to You're, you're going to you're, you're, you're reference the meme that blew up Twitter. Oh, um, of course. So that originates. Brian Windhorse is an NBA analyst who essentially got his job because he, they trusted him to break the LeBron news uh, in 2010, which he did not do. And then did not break the LeBron news when he went back to Cleveland and did not break the LeBron news when he went to LA. So Brian, I'm sorry if you're watching, but that was literally your only job. Uh, he goes on first take and, you know, first take is a debate show and Stephen A was not there. Uh, Molly, the host was not there. And the fill-in, you know, was saw, I don't remember who it was, but it was nobody of, of terrible importance. So Windhorse goes on this two-minute long rant. And if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend it. It's fantastic sports content. And it look, it sounds like he knows that Rudy Gobert is going to be traded to the Wolves. But he can't say it. And so he spends two minutes talking about literally nothing other than like he thinks something's up with the Jazz. It's a fantastic piece of television. And the meme that Burke is referencing is a picture of him with both fingers in the air like this pointing. 
and the the context of that is he what he says during that is now why would they do that or now why would that happen right so it's a meme of like you know burke uh you know puts a hundred dollars on the blackjack table now why would he do that because he wants to win money because he's chasing losses it's a it's when he puts those fingers out it is a level that the top of the top actors cannot get to he channels something within him to make this like emmy winning oscar winning performance it's fantastic brian winhorst is my character of the summer have you seen that rant i actually haven't seen the rant you gotta just, watch it after i've just we hang seen up. the it's, meme and the, the meme is hilarious i may not even watch the rant so it doesn't ruin it for me the meme in and of itself is incredible the rant is fantastic as well so those are our characters of the summer summer winhorst and uh Kyrgios. let's get to a best bet of the summer our best bet of the summer is whatever we made the most money off of whatever we felt the most confident in um or just some bets that we remember right so my first one is celtics in the game three of the finals and i don't know if you remember how much i was touting this but i was like five six seven units deep on celtics to cover the three and a half in game three of the finals uh they won by a, a boatload uh, especially in the fourth quarter. I think they won like 122 to 105 or so. It was ne- it was not close. I felt so confidently about that game and it felt good for it to finally pay off. They didn't win the series, but game three of the finals was my my great Celtics bet. Uh, you have one from golf. I do have one from golf and I can't take full credit from this. This came from our, uh, our Lehigh gambling crew. Um, a lot of big golfers in there and we follow the sport relatively closely probably more than me and you do um but uh, the last major championship that happened a couple weeks ago um the british open out at st andrews uh cam smith australian never won a major before a uh, bunch of us were riding him uh took weird him to, looking dude weird looking dude mullet <laughs> just a, a strange cat um ends up winning the british open uh but we ended up getting him at very good odds to start the tournament. And then we doubled down after he was four shots back uh, going into the final round of the, of the leaders, Rory and uh, uh, Victor Hovland. And uh, we, as a group just rallied together and this guy catches absolute fire with the putter on the back nine to finish with a, a final round 64 in a major, which is basically just going out and taking what's yours. Um, we, everybody thought Rory McIlroy, it was his tournament to lose. He didn't technically lose it. Cam Smith went out and won it and we all profited from it pretty big, pretty substantially. Um, and now all you see is just clips of Cam Smith and his boys just chugging beers out of the Claret jug, which is, yeah, you love to, you love to hit long odds like that, especially with, um, you know, a weekend long tournament. Um, that feels great. Speaking of long odds, we both had another bet that we did in unison, uh, just last week, I think last Monday, mm-hmm. um, and it yeah. was uh, Juan Soto to win the home run derby. Uh, you tweeted me a couple dudes that you were placing money on. Soto being the first, I chose to only ride with Soto. He was uh, plus six fifty when I got him. I think you got him around the same, uh, and he rolled, man. He won. He came through for us. You were touting Pete Alonso too. I didn't really understand yeah. that one, but I figured well, you watched P, more baseball P, than me. I don't P, know. Pete was the two-time defending champ. He was yeah, the but it was, there was bad odds to go. on. Him. Bad but, odds. 
but in a, in a situation where Soto has been the talk of the town, he's the, the hot commodity coming into this trade deadline. Everybody's talking about him. Who's going to sign him? He had just turned down a ridiculous, like 15 year, $440 million extension with the nationals. So this guy just goes out, ends up, ends up flying coach because for some reason they couldn't get him first class or a private jet out to the all-star game shows up wins the derby we all cash at plus 650 it was a great day beautiful cash. Pre- predicted predicted the young gun would come back and win this over the two-time defending champ in the heat of la at dodger stadium and uh it was a great night for all of us and uh hopefully a uh a foreshadowing of things to come for this uh this fall football season in yeah uh, so that's some that's some great aesthetic. long odds for us a plus 650 hitter is huge um you know and i was glad that we were both on it, it felt good to get in on uh, on the same bet again uh so those are our best bets of the summer we had more we've been winning money all season but uh those are our best ones and finally our final summer award worst look of the summer this can be a literal look as an outfit this can be a uh you know somebody doing something that puts them in a bad light it can be an organization doing something poor my worst look of the summer goes to all mainstream sports books which includes FanDuel, the worst of the of all of them, which includes DraftKings, the second worst of all of them. And that's probably where I draw the line. Uh, and Barstool obviously is in the shitter because Barstool sucks. But the three main ones, I'll say those are the three main ones. Uh, they don't do anything right, man. So this sports betting phenomenon has like taken over the world. And it's more popular now, even than it was last year, but especially more than let's say five years ago, six years ago, when people started to figure out what words mean and you had dudes walking around like half knowing what parlay means, right? And the mainstream books do some of the dumbest shit. They, they limit people's bets. Like DraftKings has to review every bet that I place. And I'm not placing like million dollar bets, but they've declined me before from making bets. Well, FanDuel, some, some would say that's a, that's a gambling problem and they're just trying, they're, they're looking out for your well-being. I would say they're looking out for their well-being because they'll decline me and then do what FanDuel does is change the odds and let me place a lower amount. So if I'll bet on something, I'll say, oh, it's minus 120. I'll put, you know, $500. They'll, they'll review it. And then 10 minutes later, it'll be like, oh, you went over your limit. Uh, you could place 250. And now the odds are minus 180. So they do a lot of weird stuff like that. Um, if you're going to start betting, things, places that I would recommend for you to bet, BetMGM has been a great sports book to me. Unibet has been a great sports book to me. Um, Foxbet has actually been okay because I don't think they're as big yet. But Unibet and MGM are like the main ones. They're going to let you place bets. They want winners as far as I can tell. FanDuel and DraftKings do not want winners. In fact, DraftKings CEO was actually in an interview this summer saying that he does not want winners on the book. He says, gambling is for fun, not for profit. If you want to make money, go get a job or go somewhere else. And I say, that's fine. But you can't also be the CEO of a betting app and say that, hey, we only want losers on our app. So screw the mainstream sports books. I'm sorry we'll never get sponsored by them. Maybe BetMGM will pick us up. That's my worst look of the summer. How about you? Um, I'm taking a little bit different direction on this. I'm going with a full-fledged organization right now, and that's near and dear to both of our hearts. And right now it's the Boston Red Sox. Um, they are an absolute dumpster fire in an organization right now from, from the uh, top-end management onto the field. Um, they're currently in last place in the AL East. 
couple weeks ago they were they were in second place they were securely in that wild card chase probably held a spot now they're behind the baltimore orioles who haven't been relevant you know know whose fault this is our good pal gleason for going to the game with you no this this i I believe i'm going to take full blame and full responsibility for this because they had won the night before in the bronx they won game one on a uh wild pitch that bogart stole home to to win five four in extra innings and then i go out there trying to be the nice guy friend um for one of our lifelong pals about to be groomsman in his wedding in a couple months i i think i'm doing the right thing i know i'm going into enemy enemy territory here and I sit in the bleacher creature section of Yankee stadium and Devers hits a home run the first inning. I'm, I'm ripping into everybody, whatever it is. And then all of a sudden the onslaught, the onslaught occurred, lost the game 14 to one. I sat through the entire game because nobody wanted to leave. Cause I was with all Yankee fans. It was an abs- It was, it was absolute hell for me, but brutal since then, they haven't they haven't made any adjustments. I mean, they no. they recently just lost a game twenty eight to five to the Toronto Blue Jays twenty eight to five. Chris Sale yep. is back on the IL after he took a line drive off his pinky, dislocated it, broke it, whatever it is. He's out indefinitely. After he came all the way back, he was looking great, throwing ninety six, ninety seven miles an hour. We thought we were we were set getting him back in. The organization won't sign or re-sign or look to negotiate with our two best players in Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts. They're probably Man, walking they, just like just like letting Mookie Betts go, which was an all-time That's what I was travesty. just going to say. What do you expect after they got potentially the best the pro- player in the, the game? Problem, the problem play. is you've got a, a GM who had success with the Tampa Bay Rays on a minimum payroll, and he's trying to run the Boston Red Sox the same way and they are a big market company they have the money spend it get the guys you have the farm system or bring the guys up from the farm system and let them play there's a couple guys down the system that can absolutely ball and they haven't brought them up yet and they haven't signed anybody their pitching staff's getting older they're gonna they're gonna lose Evaldi at the trade deadline now that they're out of contention sitting in last place J.D. Martinez is good as gone. He's going to get picked up by probably the New York Mets. And after a year after a surprise trip to the ALCS, in our opinions, they were probably a year ahead of schedule. Yeah. They've declined so much, it's almost embarrassing. And if our pal Gleason is listening to this podcast, I'm surprised he's not. This would be the perfect time for him to come in and just say, whatever he wants. Cause he's got free reign. The guy's on top of the world right now. He's about to get married in a couple months. And uh, we have nothing to re to fire back at him to keep him in check, which is an absolute problem on our end. We should always have bullets in the, in the saddle um, to make sure he doesn't go running rampant across Twitter and everything else. Um, but the Red Sox right now across the board from, from a player standpoint to performance on the field, to an organization, to yeah. everything is my worst look of the summer and hopefully it's a short-lived issue and they hopefully it's short-lived stuff out we were happy last year um also there's no way gleason is listening to you and me talk Um, no he he wouldn't waste his time (laughs) on us no 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 he wouldn't no no way he would be but hey gleason if you're out there leave something in the chat um so those are our worst looks of the summer we have some honorable mentions 
Um, my first honorable mention is literally every outfit that Trey Young has worn this offseason. Uh, that guy can do nothing right on or off the court. Um, the Baltimore Ravens for not paying Lamar Jackson, one of the best QBs in the league, and they haven't paid him a contract yet. And uh, also the Cleveland Browns on a related note, signing uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, not the best move that Cleveland has made, but they could make up for it with our next topic. Did you hear that the Pittsburgh Steelers had renamed their stadium? Yeah, it's it's disgusting and obscene and just a, a disgrace to uh, America. So they're yeah they're they're no longer Heinz Field, right? And that's one of the most iconic stadium names I think in all of professional sports. Uh, and it was kind of depressing to watch them. You know, they took the ketchup bottles down, they took the Heinz logo off, um, and the Browns are actually looking for a stadium sponsor. Coincidentally enough, I say. Oh, if they, they take, get the Heinz, the Heinz that, thing. That would be a slap in the face to all Steelers fans if the Cleveland Browns became Heinz Field or Heinz Stadium or whatever you wanted. That would that would just be. It would be incredible, right? Or you know, I don't know if it's better or worse. Maybe they get Hunt's ketchup to sponsor them or something. Nah, um, that's definitely worse. <laughs> it's definitely worse. So I say, why don't the Browns go get out and get the Heinz logo? But anyways, that got me to thinking about the most iconic stadiums in pro sports. So I did this in two categories and I want you to give your input on, I did uh, most famous sponsored stadiums and most famous, just like name branded stadiums, no sponsors. So the sponsors first, number one, this is in an order. Let's go. Number five first. So number five, I have TD garden uh, Celtics arena. I think that is a fairly iconic stadium name, stadium location. Uh, yeah, for, like formerly, formerly the Boston garden, which well, is formerly awesome the Boston name, garden. You could throw obviously that in there too, TD yeah. had to step in and get their sponsorship in, but it's, they, they still kept the garden yep. name, which is great. Great. Number four, Oracle arena, the uh, warriors old arena. I still call their new arena Oracle arena. And I don't know that it's Oracle in and of itself. I think it's everything that has happened at Oracle and how dynastic the warriors have been and all the moments that have happened there. And that, epic best basketball game ever game seven Cavs warriors and oracle uh so that had to make the list for me uh gillette stadium where the pats play number three uh it's as iconic as a name as it is those little antenna that you see on the side of the field when they got the camera angle you know what i'm talking about yep. uh, on the field the painting on the field yep. everything about gillette is iconic and of course all the brady patriots belichick moments that have happened there number two i put heinz field um, you know, we just talked about that. I think that's incredibly iconic and there's been some big moments there too. And, you know, big Ben is a legend. So he played there forever. Um, they won a super bowl during the time and number one, I think far and away, I think this is in another category in and of itself. And unfortunately is renamed now the Staples center. Yeah. I don't I'm think any arena in all of pro sports is more iconic than the Staples center. And having just, I, we went there in December and to not see the Staples center up top, but to see crypto.com arena it just didn't sit as right. Even as a crypto guy, it did not sit as right with me. It's, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, it's wrong. a sign that the times are changing and uh, it's, it's a tough look that uh, you gotta, it's, 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 it's weird. Cause it's new. Um, it's going to become the norm in a couple of years and people are not going to remember Staples center for what it is. I mean, yeah. the Lakers, they, they, when we were growing up, they were in the great Western forum, which is an, also an iconic name just perfect and then going yeah. to staples center i don't know if you i don't know if in a situation like that you can one up yourself but i feel like they did because staples is yeah. so iconic you got uh, a handful of championships you got kobe's 60 point retirement game um a bunch of other monster situations yeah. um that have occurred at that arena 
Um, well, I but, feel like everybody knows Staples Center, right? Like you just know that it's one of those things you know the name of. Yeah, and it's, it's it's oh, it's it's the Lake, it's that. it's the Lakers and Clippers. Now it's like it's crypto.com. Like it's too many, it's too many syllables. You Staples is so you don't even have to say center, you just say staples. staples. You know what you're talking about. You're not you're not you're not going to the office supply store, you're going to a Lakers game. It, it, <laughs> but crypto.com arena, it's like you're wasting five extra seconds that you don't need to. And it's yeah. it's people people are not honestly tri- good trivia question right now would be to just start naming the current names of different arenas and figuring out which teams play there. I bet like you if we there? if me and you did that right now, we wouldn't get 50% combined. I bet you I would. For basketball. I don't I don't know about the other ones, maybe. Well, I don't know. Yeah, we 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 could put odds on that. I say fit under 50%. Maybe we'll do a live next time. Um, so my top five no sponsors, just names of places. Uh, number five, I went with Augusta National, the golf course. Uh, I was gonna go with St. Andrews uh birth of golf right but i thought augusta was more iconic to us maybe and it's more like when here, you say you when you I mean? say Augusta, when you say augusta you know what you're talking about you know Everybody what you're talking what you're about talking about uh number four wrigley field for the cubs yeah. out in chicago again technically, another one te- technically wrigley's a sponsor i don't want to i don't want to yeah i know i thought about that, that but but you don't think of it as as that you think of it as the the mossy wall right and you think yeah it's 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 the confines yeah, it's the it's confines it and of course uh it's where our hero um steve bartman had his infamous uh uh mishap i wouldn't i wouldn't say our hero i have no i have no no he's a hero to me i i can't believe i i love that that happened man i mean i hope i hope he's well uh number three close to your heart uh lambo lambo field excuse me uh where the packers play again iconic based on look and based on name yep um number two uh fenway uh, Fenway Park, of course, where the Red Sox play, also iconic. And again, Yawkey Way right outside. That stadium's incredible. And then number one, again, just as with Staples, I think it's tiers above the rest. Madison Square Garden. Uh, Agreed. In New York. 100%. 100%. 100%. Honorable Garden. mention. Honorable mention, just because they're in the news right now, is Soldier Field with the Chicago Bears. Um, okay. Yeah. They, I read an article this week that they came out and said, or the owner or the GM has considered doming the stadium really yeah no, i haven't seen that well take a look when you have a chance and, and read up on it but it's an interesting i don't know if that's going to help them because they have so many other issues in their organization as a football pro, uh, football team yeah um but i think that takes away from the character of the chicago bears playing in that cold with that wind off lake michigan um that's yeah, for sure that's it's that's part of the, that gives yeah. them that toughness which um they haven't had for a very long time and yeah, this yeah. is coming from a resident packers fan i'm completely biased in this opinion but uh i think a, a dome at that stadium would be an interesting move for sure yeah it would be interesting I, it would help the vikings i'll tell you that um yeah we'll see interesting so uh some honorable mentions that we had um the Astrodome, the old Astrodome, and a lot of these aren't in operation anymore, but the Astrodome, I think, was a fantastic namesake. Uh, Petco Park, am I crazy for putting Petco on there with the big sign out in the field that you could see? Um, the old Candlestick Park, where the Niners used to play, I think, was uh, was pretty iconic. The Superdome, uh, where the Saints play, yep. for a bunch of reasons. Um, Kanye lived there, I think, for like a month, too, which was pretty insane. Uh does Rucker Park count? You familiar with Rucker Park where all the uh, 
in New York, where all the NBA. I actually, I actually just watched a uh, uh, the basketball tournament game um, this week, and it was that regional was at Rucker Park, and that's that's iconic for any basketball. You should watch. There's a video. Durant rolls up to Rucker Park, and he drops like sixty in a pickup game. Yeah, I've seen that video. It's absolutely the atmosphere is incredible. And then my final honorable mention. I don't know if you remember this, but there was a time. So the Heat just changed their arena name, right? Um, to uh, uh, what's the crypto name that they picked? I don't know. FTX, FTX Arena. Um, but there was a naming rights bid, right? And the porn site Bang Bros almost won. And I think that would have been hilarious if the Miami Heat played in a porn branded arena. I think that would have been so funny. It would have been like an instant classic arena. They were this close. I mean, of of all the places, maybe outside of Vegas for that to occur, Miami would be the Miami's the place, option. right? Yeah. James Harden would have been a Miami Heat by now if they had bought that stadium. He would have been in the rafters before he retired. That's how that's how good he would have been. <laughs> Some say his jersey's already retired in a couple places in Miami. Uh, that's a good segue. That's what we in the biz call a Atlanta segue. too. In Atlanta too. Yeah, him and uh, uh, Lou Williams uh, into the NBA recap from the season that was. Uh, almost a great ending to the season for me as a C's fan, as an avid C's better Tatum Stan. Um, they blew their shot at the championship. And you're going to argue the other end of this because you're a Warriors yep. supporter. I'm a Celtics supporter. I think this is a great argument to have. Uh, the Celtics were from January until whatever day game four of the final started, 10 notches better than the Warriors for six months. And they had them on the ropes, man. They were up. They had stole a game in Oracle or not Oracle, but Oracle. And they laid, they went out there and they laid eggs three times in a row. They were even up four points with three minutes to go in game four. And if they go up three, one, that series is done. They blew it. Tatum no showed Jalen Brown played pretty well. Steph was great. The rest of that Warriors team is not great. And I can't believe that the Celtics blew a shot at winning that title. I wouldn't say the rest of the Warriors team was not that great. I would argue the fact that Andrew Wiggins made his money during that playoff run. He became a superstar um, on that team. He's in, he, he played in the right system. Steph superstar. Curry, Steph Curry, after years of saying that he couldn't win the MVP, it was, it was the other guys that carried him in the finals. He couldn't step up in the big situations. Obviously, he had the monstrous game four in Boston. I think in this situation, it became a, a, uh, a comparison of youth first experience. Um, the Celtics, if they can, can, if they can keep their core of Tatum Brown and everybody else around them, they're, they're going to contend for a very long time. They're very young. Um, but you ran into a situation where you had a very experienced team, maybe not their best team ever. Um, but, the Warriors had been in that situation before. And I think dealing with that adversity, understanding that they had lost a three, one series to the Cavs several years ago with almost that, that same core, basically um, they understood what it had to take to get it done. And obviously it showed it was a very surprised championship. Um, I also think that a lot of people are saying that are going to say that this is a fluke. Um, and I'm going to, in a segment shortly, 
make my futures pick for the NBA finals next year. And I don't want to foreshadow anything, but the Warriors could play a uh, significant part in that scenario. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to play the other end of that spectrum. I don't think there's any shot that they could win the title or even win the West this year. Cause they got worse and a lot of other teams got better. The Celtics are the finals favorite right now at plus four fifty. Uh, so we, we agree on that, that they are much like the Red Sox last year. They have arrived ahead of schedule um, to make it to the finals. And Luca also has arrived ahead of schedule as far as I can't believe he made it as far as he did last year, beating that great Phoenix team and, and everything he did on the way. He needs, he needs one guy to win the West. He needs one guy. In do you my know who that guy, do you, uh, my opinion is, is, is the same. And do you know who that guy was in my opinion? And it's, I, it's off the I table don't, now. We've, we've actually never talked about this. So there's two guys that I think would be a fantastic fit um, next to Luca in Dallas. Number one is Rudy Gobert. And now he's off the table, but he is everything that Luca needs as far as a elite defensive backstop, a center who does not need the ball because Luca's usage rate is incredibly high and it needs to stay that way. A defensive monster and a pick and roll specialist. Luca in the pick and roll is so deliberate with his movements. If he had Rudy on the other side, who's a good lob threat, that's all he needs to be. So I think Rudy plays fantastic with Luca. And the other guy that I'm going to mention is Kyrie Irving. And I think Kyrie Irving next to Luca is another fantastic compliment. Now you got to get rid of Dimwitty because he's repetitive and you don't really need him. No, I think, I think it's a different guy, quite frankly. Okay. Who's your guy? Anthony Davis. Okay. I mean, similar to Rudy Gobert, as far as he's a, he's a good defensive backstop and he takes up a lot of space. I haven't seen, and it's my qualm with the Lakers. I haven't seen Anthony Davis make a jump shot since the bubble. And doesn't if he have can't to. do that, he doesn't he's have too to. soft. He's he not good have, enough in the post. He doesn't have to with Luca in the pick and roll. Luca can hit the jump shots. Well, you're right. You're right. But for Anthony Davis to be an effective scorer, he has to. I don't think so. I think he could be, I think he could be a dominant force in the post. And if he runs pick and roll with Luca, Oh, we've never seen it. It's, but I, I could imagine it. When it Anthony be, Davis, it would be best. almost, it would be almost indefensible. If they, if yeah, they played in their I think strengths. Rudy, so I don't disagree with that. I think Rudy accomplishes the same thing and I'm not a big Rudy supporter, but I think that fit there is great. My, my gist of not considering Anthony Davis was I was thinking like, okay, how, how the hell would he ever get to Dallas, right? There's no package that gets Anthony Davis to Dallas. I think there was a package that could get Rudy Gobert to Dallas. And there might be, there might be a package, but it'd be like a three team deal. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. And plus, plus you got to pay Anthony Davis. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm aware of that, but if Cuban has the money to do that, but if by some happenstance lebron wants Kyrie to come to la that would be the three team ordeal to get davis to dallas who who do the nets get in that situation westbrook in a pick yeah yeah i guess nobody 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 wants westbrook right now yeah but well understood but why would the lakers do that why would they trade anthony davis for Kyrie irving because Kyrie's better (laughs) <laughs> I mean, he's different. I, I he's think won a, he's won a championship with LeBron but man, I want, in a non-COVID I want Kyrie, year. A true I want championship. Kyrie in Los Angeles. A true championship. 
They're all true championships. No, I want Kyrie. No, 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 no. That, bu- that bubble championship, we all know, does not count. Does not count. Well, I think that's entirely false. There's an asterisk by it, but an asterisk just means it's different. It doesn't mean it's any lesser anymore. Uh, the bubble Barry Bonds has, Barry Bonds probably has an asterisk next to 762 home runs. It's because he yeah, cheated. Yeah, that doesn't. So what? Everybody cheated. Not cheating save cheating save baseball. There's your hot take for the night. Anyways, Ooh. I want to get Kyrie Irving to Los Angeles. And this segues gr- great into our next point, which is what we have to talk about with the NBA, the Durant and the Kyrie Irving news. I think Kevin Durant only requested a trade so that Kyrie Irving would get traded. I think they both end up in Brooklyn before the season. And they were 27 to one to win the title about a week and a half ago. They're down to like 16 to one right now. So somebody might know something or the fact that they're just still there, right? Aiton signed his extension, which means the Suns are off the table for Durant. The possible Durant moves, all right, are the Pelicans who can trade just a mountain of picks and Brandon Ingram. And I think that's a pretty good package. You could get probably six or seven first round picks plus Brandon Ingram, who a lot of people I mean, say is like Katie. You Light. got that's if one. that if that situation occurred, you got a you got a, a triangle of Durant. CJ McCollum and Zion. Which Correct. Be- which, which isn't bad. And it's a good, like the Pelicans are close. And I think without Durant, they're going to be an eight seed again this year, but with Durant, they, they might take the next step because ev- everybody's got a shot with Durant. Two seed. two seed, two seed with Durant, maybe with Durant or a two seed. That, that's one team that I think makes a whole lot of sense. The Pelicans said they don't want to do Durant at all, but I, I called BS on that one. Everybody should want a shot at Durant. Of course, Number two, one of the best players ever. Of course. <laughs> the second landing spot for Durant, other than the Pelicans, and now that the Suns are out, is the Heat, because he wants to go to the Heat. I don't see any package that gets Durant to the Heat that the Nets would take, because the package that's on the table, Bam can't go to the Nets, because Simmons has the rookie extension, and Bam has the rookie extension. You can't have two of those guys on the same team. So it can't be Bam. They're not going to trade Jimmy Butler. And I don't know that the Nets really care about Kyle Lowry. So the package is Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, probably Kyle Lowry, and then three or four picks. That's not enough for Kevin Durant. Not at this point in his career. No, Kevin Durant is by far and away better than all those guys combined. That's that's two bench players and a washed up point guard for Kevin Durant, right? Nothing. That one doesn't get done. The deal that's very intriguing and is probably not going to happen but is, to our previous point, Anthony Davis for Kevin Durant straight up. Why wouldn't the Lakers want to do that? Anthony Davis has played 40 games the past couple of years. Chaz was right about him. He can't stay on the court. I would much rather have Kevin Durant than Anthony Davis at this point in the career. I... The problem I would, is I would tend to agree with you in that situation, but the Lakers like, would never, we do all, that. we all know who's controlling the Lakers right now. And his name is LBJ. And if he doesn't want Correct. Durant, Durant ain't coming. Well, I think he wants Durant. I think he wants Kyrie more because he could keep AD. So the Westbrook and a pick for Harrison and Kyrie is a much more attractive option. If I'm the Lakers, I want, so, so that's basically, that's like the landscape of um, Durant trades right now. And then you have the Celtics rumors that are going around. Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, whoever else you want. Derek White. He ain't ain't going to Boston. Well, it's not up to him. He ain't going to Boston. I'll I'll tell you right now. I don't want to waste the viewers' time. He ain't going to Boston. 
I think they have the best package. They have the best package to offer him because of all the players that we've named, Jalen Brown is the best one that I you could get Golden back. State, I think Golden State has an arguably equally as enticing. So they have a they have a decent package, and it includes some mixture of pool, yep, Wiggins, Wiseman, or Wiseman. Yeah, yep. so you get pool, Wiggins, and a and couple Wiseman. Drafts. Yeah, and then like two picks. I don't know that I want that if I'm. I definitely don't want that from Kevin Durant. And again, he doesn't have a say in it, but like. Hey, if Durant wants to win, that's the place to go. Yeah, I mean, I guess. They've done it before. Sure, they're older, but Steve Kerr is an absolute mastermind. He'll figure it out with the the older staff. Yeah, I don't think Steve Kerr is that good of a coach, man. Uh, I mean, a couple. I think he's in like the middle 10 of coaches in the league. It takes a lot to win a championship, and he's done it four times with them. Yeah, I with, think I could have coached. I could have gotten those Durant teams to the finals, man. That's the best Mark, team I've ever Mark, seen. Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson couldn't get the Curry team to the finals before. No, he didn't have Durant he didn't have Kevin Durant. <laughs> Anyways, yeah but, yeah, but Steve Kerr didn't have Durant the first year. They won it either. They had Harrison Barnes. I understand, but that was a much they mature have, team. They, they didn't have Durant for two of the four titles. I understand. With a I bum, don't think with a bum Clay Thompson, Look, James man, Wiseman got, didn't even play. I got Warriors fans. Jordan Poole and Gary Payton Jr. coming off the bench. GP2 is the perfect Warrior, first of all, unfortunately, and I'm glad he's out of there. Steve Kerr, I have plenty of Warriors fans in my life, and they they, uh, lament the fact that Steve Kerr is the coach in a lot of situations because I don't think he knows how to manage uh, minutes. Now, personality, sure, because he won as a player. He knows the game. He won as a coach, whatever. Um, Durant to Golden State makes a lot of sense I, it's not going to happen i don't think the warriors are going to do it durant who knows if he'd want to do it the celtics one makes a lot of sense because again even with the warriors package jalen brown is better than all those guys so it's the best individual player you're going to get back um but i don't know uh we'll see where it goes i think they're both nets um we we're going to talk some early 2023 reads but i think it's probably too early to do that so we'll get into the nba reads maybe in the next show or, or a couple shows from now uh, summer league is over. So now we can really reflect on that, but let's move to the NFL because the NFL is right around the corner. feels like it's been forever. I love the football time of the time of year. It's, uh, you know, September still a little hot, but you get into October, it's cooling down a little bit. Uh, you get some holidays coming up, right? I love that time of year. So we want to talk win totals as our first look at this NBA season. Uh, what I've done is I've screenshotted my best five that I have leans on for this season. And I'm not going to tell you which way I'm leaning. It's fine. But I'm going to tell you the number. You're going to tell me over under. And hopefully we agree because I feel pretty strongly about all five of these. You ready? Let's, let's let it roll. Here we go. Arizona Cardinals, 8.5 wins. Over. Under. I think the cards under eight and a half is one of my favorite bets this year. Why? Because Cliff Kingsbury, you want to talk about bad coaches. He's effing terrible. He doesn't know how to use Kyler Murray. DeAndre Hopkins is out. And I, I just, I don't buy into Ky- Kyler. is a great fantasy quarterback. I don't think he's a great real life quarterback. Okay. Are we going to see that James Conner season again? I don't know. Now eight and a half reflects this because eight and a half is low for okay, that. I'm going to, I'm going to refute. The, I'm going to tell you why I'm picking over outside of the Rams. You got the Seahawks that are replacing the quarterback. Chris Carson just retired. 
just retired, medically retired. And mm-hmm. you've got a rookie going out of San Francisco. You have no idea what he's, or not a rookie, a second year going out of San Francisco. You got two teams in your division that are probably going to be fighting for 500. You should split both of them with the experience of Kyler Murray and that depth of the team. They're, they're going over. I, they're, they're going to be a 10 win team by accident. A 10 so let's go team. through this. Let's go through the, let's, let's uh, pull the Kornheiser. Look at the schedule. Game right. one, Chiefs loss. Loss. Game two, Raiders Ooh. in Oakland. Loss. I'm saying that's a loss. That's 0 2. Yep. Then they play the Rams, 0 3. At home or Panthers. away? Hold on, hold on. Go back to the Rams. Home or away? It's, it's home in Arizona. I can't they're imagine the Rams lose that. They're going to win that game. Right, one whatever. Give them one. one Panthers, two. that's two wins they could probably have. The Eagles, I think they lose. Still two wins. Three. That's three wins. Seahawks, they'll beat. Saints, they'll yep. lose two. Vikings, they'll lose two. Who's Seahawks, the Saints they'll probably quarterback? beat again. Uh, J- Jameis Winston. Yeah, they're going to win that game. Rams, Niners. See, Chargers, Patriots, uh, Broncos, Bucks. That's 0-4 right there, man. I, I can't see them winning nine games this year. I'm taking the over. All right. All right. So we disagree I'm, I'm, on that I'm one. Going ag- I'm going against the majority. I'm taking the over. We disagree on that one. All right. Next one, Baltimore Ravens, 10 and a half. I'm going to say they get to 11, so I'm going to take the over on that one. Over, baby. I love Baltimore Ravens this year, over 10 and a half. I might even like them at 12 wins. Lamar has proven himself to be a fantastic I'm going to tell you why, and I don't want to foreshadow anything like I've said earlier, but they they may be a future Super Bowl contender. But they they were probably the most injured team in the league last year, and they were competing till probably within the last two weeks of the playoff spot. And with the dumpster fire of the Steelers and Browns in their own division, um, the only real competition is the Bengals, which is a very strange thing to say for that. Their schedule is tough as shit too. I don't know if you looked at it, but the Bengals schedule is. I haven't haven't looked at any schedules, but Lamar Jackson's going into a contract year. I think he's going to have a big year. If they can keep Mark Andrews healthy and they got their, they got their running backs back with uh, who's it? Gus Edwards and uh, JK Dobbins. They have that crew running rampant they're they're going to be right there i I think i think they're going to surprise some people and they're they are in my eyes a super bowl sleeper out of the afc if you're looking for somebody to go off if you're looking for somebody to go off the cuff the ravens would be somebody to consider for sure yeah i don't disagree lamar's a great quarterback he's got to prove that he can do it in the playoffs but he's like a couple two-point conversions away from having more playoff wins like i think his playoff failure is not as bad as a lot of people make it out to be. So we both like them over 10 and a half. All right, good. Miami Dolphins, eight and a half. I'm going way under eight and a half. Over. Over. Way under eight and a half. Over. They're so, a playoff team. They're a playoff team. I'm gonna make a bet. I'm gonna make a bigger statement. They're gonna finish last in their division. The Jets are gonna be better than the Dolphins. No way. No Tua way. is not good. I'm I don't off care. Tua. I'm I don't way care. off he's got, to him. He's got a wide receiver now. He's got two, actually. He's got two. Yeah, but he has to throw to them. I'm so far off to a two. I is am fun. so far on Mac Jones. I love Mac Jones. Him for uh, most improved, him for MVP, whatever you want to take him. The Patriots are way better than them. The Bills are way better than them. I think the Jets could beat them twice. I love the Dolphins going under eight and a half. All right. So we disagree. So far, we disagree on two of my best bets. Here. I've got I've got three overs right now. Three overs. 
They can't. They can't all go over. <laughs> oh, they can. They can. They can. If you, it's your five, they can. Maybe. Uh, all right, Minnesota Vikings nine and a half. Under. We're going to disagree again. I have I have the Vikings as one of my favorite teams this year as far as over nine and a half wins. The Cousins Jefferson connection is going to be something this year. Eight and eight. Dal Cook is well seventeen eight games. Eight. Big guy. Kirk Kirk Cousins going to Kirk Cousins. seventeen. Big guy nine and eight. Let's go. Kirk Kirk Cousins eight nine then eight wins. <laughs> This guy Missed can't playoffs. even get the amount of games right. What are you trusting him for? Kirk, All right, Kirk I got Cousins, the Vikings over nine and a half. Kirk Cousins going to Kirk Cousins. Dalvin Cook's going to get hurt like usual. And they're going to be a one-dimensional team. And they're going to be very, very easy to game plan against from a defensive standpoint. Simple. All right. Well, we disagree on that one Simple. too. Last one, fifth lock of the year. Pittsburgh Steelers, seven and a half. Yeah, I'm going under that one too. I'm a big Trubisky truther. I think he's good. Um, I don't think Kenny Pickett plays a single snap this year but I don't think they can get to eight wins. There's not Kenny, good enough. Kenny Pickett should play at some point this season. They're I don't know, be, man. Trubisky's good. Like, I think he's all right. Bold, hot take. Pittsburgh's going to be fighting for the number one pick in the draft next season. They're, they're going to be fighting hard with the Falcons and the Seahawks. I'll tell you that. Yep. Um, all right. So we disagree on some of those win totals. We'll look into more. We'll do a couple more every episode and see where we <laughs> land on them. We'll see if any of them move um, real quick fantasy outlook. Is this the year to go zero running back? I, in my personal opinion, whenever I've been very good in the league, I've got two top tier running backs um, early in the draft. And I, I, I strategize my drafts that way where I try to get two running backs and I'll, I'll look to get receivers down the road, just based on depth. Um, typically receiver depth is, is, deeper than running back depth from a successful standpoint and point standpoint in fantasy. Um, however, this year might be a little bit different and you got, you got quarterbacks changing places. You got wide receivers changing places all over the place. There's going to be guy like, Ty, like Tyreek Hill has been a first round receiver for the last three, four years. He's in Miami now. He's he's going to be a second rounder, most likely. Nobody's going to take him round one with two. No, with two throwing to him. Um, we'll look up but I think from a from a standpoint where teams throw the ball more and they rely less on the running aspect of the game, you can afford. And with the with the the way teams prep guys like their top guys in training camp not getting as much reps as they typically did their tendency to get hurt from a running back standpoint has recently been skyrocketing you may have a chance this year where if you go heavy on the wide receivers and you wait and draft the backups late for like the top tier running backs who you think are going to get a lot of yards but teams tend to overuse and they'll get hurt early a la the New York Giants. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting may, year for it, that. So it may be the play to go wide receiver early. And then Ty Hill's ADP is 18. His average draft position right now, and it's still kind of early for drafts, but it's 18. He's wide receiver seven off the board. So the top picks right now is terms of ADP. Jonathan Taylor, 
Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Cooper Cup, the first wideout comes at four. Then you get Henry, Justin Jefferson, Najee Harris, Dal Cook, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, Joe Mixon, and Steph Diggs in the first round. So there's your top 12. It's interesting that the wideouts are creeping up there. You get Cooper Cup at four. I don't remember the last time a wideout was taken at four. Like you used to get Adams, and he would be the first one taken at like six, probably or seven. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to, because I'm in a ton of fantasy leagues, but I don't want to throw a lot out there. But Robert Woods is no longer on the Rams. He's with Tennessee, I believe. Uh, yeah, that's true. Cooper Cup doesn't have that security blanket to like offset. Um, I would not take Cooper Cup at four if you're looking to win a fantasy championship. I don't want to, I don't want to tip my hat. Um, I might lean the other way on that. <laughs> uh, I like Cooper cup a lot this year. I don't, well, I don't even know where I'm picking, but also they got Allen Robinson. So, I mean, that's something to say for the Rams. That's he's getting old. I mean, Robert Woods didn't even play last year and Cooper he cup did, did for, just fine. He did for, he did for half of the year. I think Cooper cup did fine for the whole year there. Big guy. <laughs> because, because they signed OBJ. Well, now they have Allen Robinson, right? And Van Jefferson is better. I don't know. Uh, I think Cup will be fine. But it's an interesting year. So th those of you that don't know what zero RB is, it's it's not taking no running backs. It's loading your team with other skill positions. So you'd go like elite wide out, elite wide out, another wide out, tight end. You, you grab your skills. And then rounds like six through 10 or 12, you take like just a, a boatload of running backs. You hope two of them hit. You cycle them in and out based on schedule and everything like that. I usually disagree with it. This year might be the year. Again, I'm not tipping my head. This year might be the year I'm into it. Real quick, seven would-you-rathers for fantasy. Uh, Claypool or Christian Kirk? Chase Claypool or Christian Kirk? I'd take Christian Kirk based on the quarterback situation. I agree. Claypool, definitely a better athlete and football player. Christian Kirk, probably better situation. Somebody's got to throw, somebody's gotta throw Claypool the ball, and you're not sure who yep. that's going to be yet. Two Giants, Kenny Galladay or Kadarius Tony. I'll say Kadarius Tony. So Tony's going about 25 spots ahead of Galladay in drafts right now. Uh, Galladay's going to get more snaps probably, but I, I mean, I'd probably want Tony if I could get him too. The upside is gigantic with that guy. Yep. Quarterbacks, Patty Mahomes or Josh Allen? Josh Allen. He's got to be the answer. Isn't that crazy, right? You flipped him. Stefan Diggs is still his number one receiver and Mahomes lost his number one in the off season. I think it's pretty obvious. Mahomes number one was always Kelsey though. If you're talking. Yeah, uh, like, I don't know. Tyreek always put up big numbers. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I I'm, mean, you got to take Josh I'm, Allen. I'm taking Allen this year for a bunch of other reasons over Mahomes because Allen can also run the football. Um, yeah. And I think he, and not to foreshadow any future picks, but I think the Bills are better suited to contend for a Super Bowl this year than the Chiefs are. Yeah, I think so too. So there's an interesting stat, just real quick. <clears throat> there's only three guys with a thousand receiving yards in six of the last seven years. Mike Evans is one because he has the streak of thousand yard seasons. It's, right? it's an outrageous streak. Crazy. Travis Kelsey is one. So a thousand yards in six of seven seasons, which is crazy. Yep. And the third guy, do you have any idea? There's like no way you'd get this. So I'm, I don't know why I'm asking well, you off the top. My, my first guess would have been Devontae, but it's that's not Devontae not Adams. It. It's Brandon Cooks, the great journeyman, Brandon Cooks. So if wow. you're looking for consistency, apparently it's Brandon Cooks. It doesn't matter. Who's, who's he with now? 
Uh, he was a Texan last year. I think he's still a Texan this year. He got a thousand yards with the Texans. Six of the last seven seasons. Yeah. I mean, he was like price had him in our league last year. He was like wide out four for a while, man. He was putting up some numbers. Um, all right. A couple more. Would you rather tight ends Kittle or Waller Waller? Yeah. Kittle's getting drafted higher and I'd almost rather Waller. No, Devontae Waller, Adams no, or Steph it's, Diggs? It's, it's, it's definitely Waller because he now has Devontae to offset him. Yeah. Yeah. That's I guess. a big difference. Big difference. Devontae or Diggs? I'm Let taking Diggs because of the quarterback situation. I'll say Devontae because he's got the college connection, but all right. Diggs, Diggs, I, I mean, I love Diggs. Him Diggs came back to earth from his first year with Allen um, yeah. a little bit. I regretted I him, him in my uh, keeper league last year. Um, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't do what I think he was going to do. But uh, Adams, I think, is just I, – I still think Adams is the best receiver in the league, um, regardless of who's throwing to him, just the way he runs routes and stuff like that. Yeah, I'll be interested but, uh, to see what he does this year. Well, I think they're very comparable this year just because of they're close. Adams they're getting drafted seniors. around the same spot. Yeah, Diggs is going a little lower, but I think they're yep. around the same. Uh, running backs, Derrick Henry or Najee Harris? Say Derrick Henry. Okay, so let me change the question Derrick Henry at pick three or Najee Harris at pick 10? As far as value. I'd still probably take Derrick Henry at pick three. Okay. I think right. with with them getting so you moving, you look like a you look like you know, an idiot either way, right? If you with with them moving on from AJ Brown going to Philly and Julio now in uh, Tampa, Tampa, uh, their the game plan is Tannehill to Henry and let just let him run over everybody. That's always been the game plan, and I mean you look stupid either way if you bet on Derrick Henry and it's finally the year that he decides to stop being incredible. You look like a fool because of course he was going to fall off. And if you fade Derrick Henry, like I have the last six years, I've looked like an idiot because every year he just churns out production. You know, he only played seven games last year and he was 13th in most touches for the whole season. It's outrageous. It's incredible. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's just last, get one, last one off the board here, James Cook, who is Dal Cook's brother or Alexander Madison. And James Cook is in Buffalo. If you did not know that. I'm going to take Madison. Yeah, I mean, you got to take Madison. I just wanted to throw James Cook in there as as Dell Cook's brother, as I think he I could mean, take if, up if, some if, of that if, Buffalo back. If, if you didn't reference that James Cook was with the Bills, I would have no idea who he was. <laughs> well, I got five of these fantasy titles going for number six. All right, enough oh, yeah. about this fantasy. On to the, the, the reason you're all here, the Chalk Talk Super Bowl pick 2023. Last year, it was the Rams. And what a glorious ride that was to victory. The only team that I talked about all year, the only team we touted on this podcast is a Super Bowl winner. We didn't pick 20 teams like the rest of these people. We picked one team. It was the Rams at 15 to one. They never got higher than 15 to one throughout the season. So we got the best value on them preseason. And they did it, man. They won glorious times. I was sitting right here reading that Rams epic poem. Oh, we're going to do it again this year. I'm going to have a new poem coming for you in mid-February. And it's going to be a little colder poem this year because instead of going out West with the nice weather and Englewood and the outdoor stadium, we're going to go just North of us here in Scranton, Pennsylvania, a couple hour drive North to be exact. And we're going to break out the picnic tables and we're going to be jumping all over them. Oh yes, we are. Yes. We because are. our Super Bowl pick for this year is the one and only Buffalo bills 
led by Joshua Allen and Stefan Diggs and that good defense that I know will stop the Chiefs in the last 13 seconds of a game this year if they come up to it. That's my team. It's not sexy like the Rams because the Bills are the favorite and they're the favorite at plus 650. So you're still getting good odds, but they're the favorite for a reason. Josh is the best quarterback going. I say yep. that confidently. Agreed. Him and Diggs are one of the best connections in the league. Agreed. They are incredibly well coached. Agreed. And their defense got better in the yes, offseason. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And look, man, all I can see is them in um, that playoff game last year, having the Chiefs on their effing ass for 40 minutes of a championship game, right? The best game. It was the best. It was the best game. It's probably the best game I've ever seen. Oh, it was a fantastic football game. Ever, ever, ever. It was, it was probably the best football game that I watched too. Uh, and I watched it start to finish and it was so good. It was like when you watch a movie and you like have to look up like articles and stuff about it after, cause you want to stay in the moment. I was listening to these dudes on Twitter in these, in the spaces talk about this game. And I just like, couldn't go to bed. Uh, you're wired after that game. The bills will win that game this year. And that's Agreed. why I'm picking them. Agreed the because Bowl. the game's going to be in Buffalo. Cause they're going to be the higher seed and likely in my opinion, they, they did the right move, um, getting a Super Bowl champion, multi-year champion in Von Miller being the face of that defense, which is already good to take them to great. You know, you the, got, you know the Von you, Miller connection here. You got probably, you got probably, last year and this year. you got probably the top quarterback in the league, arguably. Based on weapons, I don't even think it's arguable. You could contend, but he—he's up there. He's up there for for sure. You got Diggs, elite wide receiver. You're playing in Buffalo, and you've got you've got the revenge factor where they felt like they should have won that game in Kansas City. Like yep. nobody deserved to lose that game. That's how good that game was. That that that's how good that game was. They're going to use that as motivation. And unfortunately, Vegas sees that as well. But if you want to jump out on them early, you may not get better odds than plus 650 or 700 where they're at right now. Yeah. Um, just based on the trajectory so you, of the season. And you might, but I still think 650 is like a good spot. I'm comfortable with 650. To the, if to they're the as good as we to the think point, they are. To, to the point where I've already placed the bet at plus 650. It's, so July, it's, it's July 27, and I've already placed my futures on the on the Bills to win this the Bills to win the Super Bowl, which is something Chris Berman has been wanting to say for years. That's our chalk talk play, man. And that's the play. That's the play. I think if they're as good as we think they are, you probably don't see much better than seven to one. If they Indeed. suck and if Josh Allen gets hurt, you're gonna see higher odds, but we don't want them at that point anyway, right? I think 650 is pretty good value. I keep seeing in my head, and we talked about it on this show, like two days after that game, the image of Josh Allen sitting on a bench by himself after hanging 40 points on the Chiefs and watching his defense give up a 13-second field goal and not getting the ball back, and he's just sitting there looking like, what the fuck else do you want me to do? And I, he's going to do it again this That's year. 
that's he's that's gonna all, do it again. Honestly, from a competitive standpoint, that's that's all it takes is that one he's little a competitive, he's a gamer and he's not afraid to to go get it and run and get tough yardage and he throws the ball a mile. I have no flaws with the Bills. They're in a similar boat to the Rams. Now the Rams were more obvious to me last year. And I know it's not easy in hindsight because they won, but you know, they were obvious to me all year. They went all in to win that Super Bowl last year and also this year. So like they're not totally out of contention either. But the Bills to me feel like this year is their window to them where last year was probably the start, the opening, the crack in the window. You know, it's April and you're opening it for the first time. Now for the Bills, it's July and their window is all the way up and it's, it's going to be October and November for them soon and it's going to start closing. So that's our pick. Ride with us all year. We're going to be betting them. I'm going to bet them like every week <laughs> until I get enough money I mean, on them. The, that the, I, the ideal situation interest. is they get off to a slow start and those odds kind of drop and then you just hammer them. Absolutely hammer them. They start two and two, yeah. three and three. They're going to go. Well, they, so they start off, they start off against the Rams on a Thursday night game, which uh, that's going to be a great game. I, I cannot wait for that one. Is um, it, is it in L obviously it's in LA because of the defending Super Bowl champs. Right. Yeah, it's in LA, and I think the Rams are minus one. So it's basically Perfect. take a take the Bills plus the point. Actually, take the Bills money line in the game one. Take them. It's probably it's a take pick them game. Yeah. So they start Rams tough. Do one, I Titans. do I do I want to say lock of the year week one night one? Let's, I don't know. Let's wait. Let's wait till September to make that pick. You already lost your lock of the year in like January fifth. <laughs> that's also that's also very true. So the Bills schedule Rams, but then they go Titans, Dolphins. That's two wins. Ravens, Steelers, Chiefs, Packers, Jets, Vikings, Browns. Yeah, their schedule's like moderate. I think mid-year they're going to run into a, a good stretch of games. So yeah, we might see 700, we might see 750. But these odds for the Super Bowl is like the favorites. They don't change much throughout the year. Because even if the Bills are like 4 and 3, they're still probably winning the division, right? And they're still probably getting to the playoffs. So the the yeah, favorites just, odds just, don't change much. Yep, I agree. I agree. They're winning the right. division at worst. Uh, 11 and six. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, so speaking of the bills schedule and the bills wins, I got one parlay. I want to throw at you real quick. All and right. I know we're short on time. So I'm going to keep this real quick. Yeah. We got all the time in the world. Two teams to get 10 or more wins. So both these teams over nine and a half this year, bills, chiefs. What's the odds for the two of them, just the two of them. 10 or more wins. Plus, plus 550. Oh, wow. Okay. So, never mind. This isn't as good of a bet as I thought it was. It's minus 110. Oh. If it was plus 550, I think I would mortgage my house on it. But for both of them to get 10 wins at a normal payout, I think that's a pretty good block. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a couple whiskeys in. <laughs> um, I'm probably not thinking straight. That makes more sense based on how good both those teams are. Well, cause both their win totals are 11 and I think the chiefs are 10 and a half. The bills are probably 11 or 11 and a half. So to get a discount on like for both of those teams to go 10 and seven, I love that bet at like a straight minus minus one ten vig. I love that. I mean, I, I, at that point almost put a, uh, well, Let's 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 go to the let's, let's sit on to, it, but I'm going to give that out go, to the let's listeners go, the right only, now. The only problem, the problem I see with that would be the Chiefs. And I'm going to tell you why. 
their division got their 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 division got significantly better over the offseason across yes. the board across the board from bottom to top you got russell wilson now in denver quarterbacking huge upgrade from drew lock Devontae adams is now Derek carr's number one target in la or vegas excuse me they got better the uh the chargers are the trendy pick with herbert and the young squad that they really haven't done much, but they still have that core team that nearly made the playoffs last year. It's not going to be as easy with Patrick Mahomes losing arguably his number one target to Miami. That would be the detriment to that bet of not achieving just because yeah, it could be what Kansas but... city lost versus what others in his division game gained that he has to play twice. Yeah, I get it. I don't know. I think they'll go 10 and seven. I like that bet. I'm going to pitch that to the listeners right now. Anybody who's got a couple bucks in their uh, local MGM account or Unibet account, go out and put that parlay down. Uh, you'll thank me in six to nine months. All right. We're going to wrap up real quick with uh, a couple minutes of college football. We are five weeks away from week zero. Uh, Burke's going to give us the rundown. I have no college football input as of yet. I'll do my homework a little bit this year. Uh, Burke, real quick. You got a Heisman future. I do. Uh, you, I got you two a, actually. I got two actually. Three favorite teams that you like and some long shots, uh, and then some commentary on the general movement of college football. Yeah. So right now there is a it's it's based based on recruiting over the last couple of years. It is a three team show right now in college football. Um, anybody breaks into that party would be a surprise this year, and those teams are Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. Um, just based on track record the last couple of years uh what they have coming back as teams um they are far and away the top three teams in the country um there should be no debate there it's just a matter of who's ranked where in the one through three and it's it's literally it's one through three up here and then four through 130 if i if i had a bigger screen i could i, I would lower my arms right now um but that's just the gap of what it is right now on but there have due to the transfer portal due to coaching changes there are some intriguing long shots that you could definitely look at and i'm looking at four right now one being clemson um at plus 800 uh obviously they had a down year but their down year last year was 10 and 2 they didn't win the acc uh they're returning their starting quarterback after a year of experience uh, in a weak conference they are still draft they're still recruiting five stars um, they, they are as deep as any team in the country and Dabo Sweeney, who is their head coach loves the underdog role. Um, and now they are truly an underdog compared to those three other teams. And, uh, that could play to their benefit. Uh, team number two, the USC Trojans, who I absolutely despise. I just absolutely hate them. I don't know why, what it is. Um, it's just ingrained in me, but, uh, they have a new coach who they pulled from Oklahoma in Lincoln Riley. They pulled Oklahoma's freshman stud quarterback from Oklahoma, who is now going to be their starting quarterback and Caleb Williams. Uh, they got a ton of recruits coming in, uh, a ton of transfers coming in, in a subpar Pac-12 conference. Uh, they can easily win the Pac-12, and Lincoln Riley has done nothing but win in what uh, since he took over at Oklahoma, and uh, he has the roster to do that. It's just a matter of if, if his players are going to be uh, – 
motivated to win, um, but I think they will. I, I think they will win the Pac-12, but we'll see what happens. It's it's a completely change change of environment, and uh, but if they find their way into the playoff, they could surprise some people because Lincoln's been there before with Oklahoma, and he's he he has the experience. Although he hasn't won yet in the playoff, uh, he can do it with his quarterback year in their experience, and obviously it's going to be the same system, so he doesn't have to relearn anything. It's just the other guys on the USC Trojans that have to relearn it. Uh, the third team at plus six thousand, Notre Dame. Um, bringing in a new head coach, but they're still recruiting like normal. Uh, the players love him. Um, they've got a favorable schedule this year. Clemson, I think, is their toughest opponent. They also play USC at some point this year. I don't know if it's a home or away game yet. I haven't looked at the schedule lately, but if they run the table, they're going to be right there and they're going to be in contention. And my fourth, which would be the longest shot of the longest shots, would be the, would be uh, Utah. Uh, they won the Pac-12 last year. They are returning basically everybody. They've got a Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback. Uh, they pushed Ohio State to the limit in the Rose Bowl until Ohio State started to utilize their, their weapons. Uh, they kept that game very close. And uh, with them returning everybody, I think Utah would be the safest bet um, to get to the playoff and cause a ruckus in the college football landscape. Um, from a Heisman standpoint, uh, I am leaning toward a defensive player for the first time in almost 25 years to win the whole thing. Uh, this would be Will Anderson Jr. at Alabama, their linebacker. He finished fifth in the voting last year, uh, arguably probably the best player in the nation this year. He, he could be, he should be if he doesn't get hurt the number one pick in the draft this upcoming season. They are absolutely loaded again. They're going to be the preseason number one team in the country. If they don't lose a game and he, he does a little bit more than what he did last year, which was 17 plus sacks and 30 plus tackles for loss. He's going to have a very good chance to be the first defensive winner of the Heisman trophy since Charles Woodson. Uh, when I placed the bet on him, he was at plus 4,000. He since dropped to plus 3,000 in the past week. Uh, people, people are listening to him and they're starting to place those bets on him, which are dropping his odds. Uh, so if you want to get on a guy quick, why not go with the best player, arguably the best player in the nation, bar none, uh, bar none position. Uh, he would be the guy. If you don't want to go with the defending champ, who's coming back and, uh, Bryce young, you got CJ Stroud at Ohio state. Who's who was a top three, uh, Heisman finalist last year. Um, but where the money's at, take the linebacker. I think it's going to happen. I've already placed my money that it's going saving. to happen. I like it. Um, and then the other option would be the quarterback from Utah. If Cam Rising, he had obviously had a big year last year, led them to the Rose Bowl, nearly won the Rose Bowl against Ohio State. Uh, they're going to be better. If they win the Pac-12, he's going to have as good a shot as any. And the Heisman Committee has not picked a repeat finalist. It's only happened once, and it happened 40, 50 years ago in, in the 1970s with R.G. Griffin. They're not, they're not going to go with Bryce Young. He's, he's got too much to compete with. I think Will Anderson's going to take votes from him. C.J. Stroud, maybe. But 
I think Ohio State's, I think they're going to stumble a little bit. So he's going to be out of contention. Utah, I think, can win the Pac-12 again. And Cam Rising being the quarterback on the top team in the Pac-12 would be significant. He's at plus 8,000 right now. So it's a a great value bet to take him. And if he makes a run at it, you're going to be in good shape making a profit down the road come December when they uh, vote on the Heisman Trophy winner. There you go. Bert's got two picks, 41 and 81. Take them both. Uh, see what happens, right? You never know, I guess, 41 and 81, because it's so far out that the odds could change so significantly. Like, they have no idea who's going to win the Heisman now. So the odds really don't mean anything in terms of who's actually going to win. So you might as well take some good value. Uh, that, I, I don't hate it. I'll take, I'll take that linebacker for you. I'll place a little solidarity bet. You should do it. Uh, you should it do it. You'll, 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 you'll thank me come December. If it doesn't win, I'll just send you an invoice for the bet. It's no problem. Uh, so what else is no? You want to wrap up with uh, just a, a discussion on the movement. Uh, we've had some big movement in college football recently. Uh, UCLA and USC moved to the Big Ten, Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC. Uh, more movement coming? Yeah, sure. Why not? Probably, right? Yeah, I think that the next big domino is Notre Dame. And they're currently outside of football. They're with the ACC. I think they're going to move out of the ACC probably not this year, but maybe next year and move to the big 10. I think they're still negotiating their, their, uh, their football deal with NBC um, for advertising rights. Once that gets settled, it's basically going to be a done deal. Um, I think they still need another year to do that. Um, but I think the, the big 10 is going to take at least two more teams. I be, in my humble opinion, I think it's going to be Notre Dame and I think it's going to be Oregon out of the pac 12 I believe the Pac-12 is going to disband completely and they're going to be spreading into combination of the Big 12, um, possibly the SEC. I know the ACC, their SEC teams or the SEC conference is looking to pull ACC teams into the SEC. So this is slowly turning into a AFC, NFC, NFL comparison where it's going to be the Big Ten versus the SEC. It's all about money. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. It's all about advertising rights. It's all about TV deals. If if you're if you think it's completely different, you're you're naive to the situation. Yeah. Um, the landscape of college football is changing, and the norm is going to be USC traveling to Piscataway, New Jersey, to play Rutgers in a conference Big Ten game, which is an absolutely insane thing to say, but. You're going to have, you're going to, it's, I don't know. It's, it's different. It's new, but it's going to happen and none of us can stop it. I'm kind of excited to see how it all plays out, but um, college football. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. It looks different. College football is going to be completely different. I think the next thing that's going to change once these, once these teams move conferences is the college football playoff. I, I genuinely, I genuinely believe they're going to move to 12 teams in within the next five years. Yeah, they could. I mean, that's been the thing for a Which while. Would be, it would be almost like a NFL playoff stance where yeah. the, 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 the playoffs would last four weeks. Obviously the top teams would get buys. They would host. And then you'd go to the associated bowl games um, to, to run the rest of the playoffs. But yeah, 12 teams, maybe even 16 teams would, I think would, 
it would bring so much money, so much more money to college oh, football that they, they can't say no. They just got to figure out how to make it work. And I think they're a couple of years away from doing that. And to all of our viewer benefits, we're going to enjoy some quality, quality playoff football from a college standpoint. Players are getting paid right now. It's great. They deserve it. They, they make so much money for the schools. I have no problem with the NIL deals. Um, yeah. No, uh, for sure. It's it's it was something that's been a long time coming, and uh, we'll see what happens. I can't wait. I don't even. Some of wanna... our some of our viewers will experience quality college football games, and some of our viewers, like myself, will think that quality college football is a total oxymoron. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll see what happens. It would be nice if they had a college commissioner instead of all these individual conference commissioners who could figure something out and um, well, might make things. Well, we easier. know the we all know the NCAA was is run by an absolute i don't want yeah it's a joke he's he's a mess of a human being he shouldn't be in the role he is and absolutely destroyed college athletics for what it should be yeah i agree well that'll be uh interesting thing to keep your eye out on play some of burke's futures bets uh you got a couple weeks to get in on that but uh, once the season starts you never know where the odds are going to shift so it's best to get in ahead of time we had a couple card strategies we'll probably let's save those for next time let's hop on those next time uh, we'll talk about some blackjack strategies. We hit some winners at the casino this weekend. Uh, hopefully we both hit some more this weekend upcoming. So we appreciate everybody coming back. Uh, we had a jam-packed season two, episode one for our great return. We should be back on our regular schedule now. So we will keep you guys updated. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and recently on Instagram as well. We'll be tweeting out those links for all of our followers. Uh, see you guys next week. Same time, same place. And until then, let's go make some money. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it.